0: From the power of voices in Los Angeles, welcome to Full Body Frequency. I'm Laura Rice, your host. Today is all about new beginnings. Houston-based healthcare professional, Tandaway Kone has embarked on a second career as a comedian. And the process of divorcing has laid an inspirational foundation for her comedic styling and it informs her trepidation about getting back in the dating game. Tandaway will be here to share this and more. I'll also speak to Shannon Swingin-Jones, the founder, editor-in-chief, and publisher of Fabu Plus Magazine. She's here to talk about how, despite being fat and fit, she actually considered weight loss surgery. But instead of weight loss surgery, she launched Fabu Plus magazine, which is a beacon of light for plus size and curvy women at the beginning of their fitness journeys and for those who are full fledged athletes. Fabu Plus's mission is to be the leading media landscape that celebrates health, fitness, and lifestyle for the curvy community. After this quick break, Full Body Frequency returns with comedian Tandaway Kone. Stay tuned. Adopt US Kids presents multiple choice parenting.
1: You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A get spiritual?
0: Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within.
1: Oh. B. Find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit adoptuskids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, US Kids, and the Ad Council.
0: This is Laura Rice, and you're listening to Full Body Frequency. Have you ever met someone who was just funny? Not trying to be funny, but just naturally funny, so much so that she could make a serious or depressing situation absolutely hilarious. Well, that in a nutshell is Tandaway Kone. We met over 20 years ago, and at some point, having seen her around so much, I thought she was enrolled at my alma mater, Mount Holyoke College. But actually, she was a student at Dartmouth Mount Holyoke Brothers School. Whenever Tandaway was on campus visiting her best friend Tracy, we were all in for a great time filled with laughter, which was always informed by her uniquely positive view on life. Tandaway Kone, welcome to Full Body Frequency.
2: Laura Rice, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh man, this is a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time.
2: Oh no, probably not as much as me. Okay. <laughs> I cannot wait to finally be here and talk to you. Yes, ma'am, mm. go on. Okay, well, here we
0: go. You're a nurse, a mother, and a comedian. How does all of that work together?
2: Oh, wow. That's When you put it like that, I don't know either. Actually, I have a teen. My son is 15 and my daughter is nine. So um, actually, you might want to say I have three teenagers because that nine-year-old is, you know, way beyond her years. So I really <laughs> got to put some brakes on that. But, you know what, well, <laughs> Laura, if I didn't do the comedian part, my outlet, I would probably not be able to do all the other ones and, like, keep everything in the air. I have, I have to have that outlet. I'm gonna to point to the fact that my divorce, slash my marriage, and working as a nurse pushed me into comedy. Okay. Yes, it did. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. First, being a nurse was <clears throat> a completely different thing for me. But when you're walking in and out of patients' rooms, people who aren't feeling well, people who are, you know, uh, worried about, you know, test results, what's gonna become of their health and you're the first person they see, because I was working on the morning shift, and you're one of the first faces they see in the morning, you bring it. You're on. Mm. When I opened up that door, it was like a curtain pulling back. Good morning, <laughs> Mr. So-and-so, <laughs> how are you? And just the rapport with people, talking to them, you know, just being straightforward and real, that was my that was my first stage. The divorce, I needed an outlet because that right there was the biggest joke going in my life and somebody else had to hear about it. <laughs> that's that's how but it all works it, it all works together
0: so what's your first memory of laughter
2: I had a friend when I was in second grade she lived a block over from me just remember our little times together were just spent laughing and just almost just laughing so hard we were rolling on the ground just that is when I think of like my own independent laughter that's my first memory now What my appreciation for certain comedic styles and certain comedies, my mother sewed and she had a little black and white TV on the floor in her sewing room. And I walked by once and she was watching Monty Python's The Holy Grail. And she was just kind of chuckling. I was like, what's she watching? And so I got down on the floor and watched this movie and my mind was blown. I thought, wow. I always credit her with like my first entree into like I guess the kind of comedy that really appeals to me now you know we had the Richard Pryor albums and stuff like my parents would wait until we went to sleep to play them so I never really listened to them just bits and pieces comedy that I could own that was safe for my family to share with me the first memory I have was the Holy Grail Monty Python wow
0: that's really (laughs) sophisticated
2: oh you think (laughs) yeah oh yeah.
0: yeah 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 Or maybe I'm just unsophisticated, but no, I just not. I was
2: very sophisticated No, you're not. You're not you're not unsophisticated. <laughs> that was just you know, that it, it, it had some things that of course I had to grow up to understand later, but it, it had a lot of slapstick, a lot of physical comedy. You know, anybody mm-hmm. can everybody can can relate to that. When and
0: how <laughs> did you discover that you were funny?
2: Let me tell you the story that my mom tells me. My name, Way, is a South African name. My parents were sharing a house with another couple, and my mother was pregnant, and the other lady in the house was pregnant. And Stokely Carmichael had come to Houston, and he stayed with them in the house. And so my mother and the other lady asked, oh, please, can you send us some, because he was married to Miriam McCabe at the time. She's like, oh, can?" they said, can you send us some South African names? We want some girl names, you know, names for our babies. Can you ask Miriam for some names? So Miriam sent back two names. Mm. Tandiwe and Timbukile. And my mom picked Tandiwe, and the other mother picked Timbukile. Stokely came back another time, and Tandiwe means one who is loved, beloved. You know, that's the meaning of that name. And Stokely came back another time to visit. My mom says, you know, he was talking to them, and I just kept looking out and peeking at him and grinning. And so he told her, y'all shouldn't have named a Tandiwe. I should have brought back a name that meant Funny One.
3: So... Mm. <laughs>
2: So I'm going to put that out there as the first story. But when I knew I was funny, I think, of course, it had to be elementary school, cutting up in class, saying things, doing things. If people laughed at it, then, you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, kind of, sort of. But as a grown up thinking I was funny, I think I think in nursing, just showing up to that job, it was almost like in the military and you get in the trenches with your buddies and then it's just nothing but like trying to. (laughs) <laughs> trying to make some sometimes stressful or terrible situations better. That's when I did it, and I thought, well, hey, maybe I could take this beyond where I am right now. Well,
0: I have to tell you my favorite memories of you being funny. Uh-huh. Any and every time you came from Dartmouth to visit your friend Ooh. Tracy her Mount Holyoke, <laughs> it was just a laugh fest. <laughs> I, I, at, at one point, I saw you so often, we thought you went to Mount Holyoke.
2: Later, we remember? found out that you didn't. <laughs> But Girl, listen, I, you better give me that honorary title because I was in Mount Holyoke so often taking that Peter Pan bus down from oh New Hampshire into uh, South Hadley. And, 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 you know what, I just thought y'all were just a wonderful, warm, welcoming group of women. And, you know, when me and Tracy get together anyway, it's just going to be some madness because she talks crazy. As, the, as do I, so I didn't know that y'all were enjoying it, but thank you for telling me that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you've just tuned in, my guest this segment is Tandaway Kone. By day, she's a healthcare professional. By night, she is the T and the powerhouse TNA improv duo. The other half of the duo is Amy Grisby. They met in 2012 at an improv intensive held by the New Movement Theater. So speaking of Amy, the A and T and A, she appears to be white and a tiny yeah. thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I don't know if you know much about improv, but it ain't that many of us in there. And by us, in case you didn't know, audience, I am African-American. I don't know if okay. anything gave you that. Okay. But anyhow, yeah. She <laughs> no. Not a lot of, especially in the Houston scene, not a lot of uh, African-Americans or people of color really in improv, and even fewer women of color in improv. So Amy and I clicked, that girl's wild, Amy and I clicked right off, and we were in a troupe with other, I think there were four of us, and then the group kind of pared down because people moved away, and we're like, I like working with you. She's like, I like working with you, and uh, we were we've been together ever since.
0: So do you use your small and plus-sized bodies as a part of your improv sketches, or do the characters that you bring to life live in spaces that aren't defined by size and color?
2: That's the beauty of improv. The characters are not defined by color, size. Sometimes we don't even play humans, you know? It, that's, the, improv can be anything. Hey, just the, the, the concept and the idea and the basis of yes, Saying yes to your partner and adding something to make that scene move along is is uh, is magic. It's releasing. It's it's so creative. It's so very creative. Know the using our body now. I will I will admit, Amy is a more physical player than I am. It may it may have something to do with my habitus, as so say the doctors. The doctors call it a habitus when they are referring to you when you're big. <laughs> I guess, yeah, to answer that question, we play anything, and body movement is important, and we use it, but I don't let it hold me back.
0: There you go. It's been written that TNA creates savory, memorable characters who wind up in hilarious, precarious situations. Mm. Share some of your precarious improv sketches with full-body frequency listeners.
2: Oh, wow. Well, we have... Oh, let me just think of TNA. Where have we gone? What have we done? Oh, We've done scenes about us being two ladies, like, uh, going wild over the fruit in the fruit section of the <laughs> grocery store. We've uh, had scenes where we were both part of a, a news team that was on scene, and I was the weather person, and she was reporting a murder, and so we were kind of talking in these cross-purposes about the same event. We've had, I'm trying to think of other scenes—oh, gosh, scenes where we've been animals, we've been dogs, you know, we've been chicken, we've been bears, doing all sorts, you know, bears who own a a gun store, you know. (laughs) 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 It's just whatever comes, whatever inspiration we get from, you know, suggestions people make to us, we go for it.
0: (laughs) How much of your improvisational work is influenced by your audience?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's it. You get your suggestion there throw out a word throw out a you know sometimes you'll give a prompt or or give give me give me what you're you're most afraid of ask me Mm -hmm. a question about my family anything and then Mm -hmm. you know you get that suggestion and then you go you come up with ideas each scene kind of flows to the next and what we do is long form improv Mm
0: -hmm. as
2: opposed to whose line is it anyway right You, you know that show so that's more short form Ours are a little bit longer. We do long form, where we, like, invent these stories. That's more like Curb Your Enthusiasm created. Larry David. Larry David, uh, He yeah. was long form improviser. So we do more long form. The audience gives us the suggestion. They also give you your energy as you're going mm-hmm. through this thing to see if this thing is working or not.
0: But at any time, do you just look at an audience member and decide on your own what mm. the scenario might be that you're going to play out? Or is it strictly
2: by suggestion? Usually by suggestion. And you know why? Because improv is is like the magic show. You want to show there's nothing in your hand. And that what's going to happen is, you know, is is totally for the magician, you know, their trick. And for us, what we create on the scene. So if you just come out and, hey, you know what? I'm talking about improv in general. But me and Amy? Hold on. Let me roll this back. I forgot about TNA because I've done improv and other troops. With TNA, we just sit there and we just, like, come up with stuff. Like, our opener is we talk to the audience, and then we tell the audience, we ask them, have you ever seen an improv show? And they're like, yes. And we're like, and what's the thing that people ask you? And they're like, oh, for a suggestion. And we're like, we don't want it. (laughs) So we shut down the suggestion, and then we sit down, and we talk about how we feel about shutting the audience out of our, out of of that part of the improv. So we just, like, for example, it's like, Amy, that felt liberating to me. Liberating like you go to the grocery store, you find a pack of gum, and it's marked down to a penny, and you've got a coupon for a penny. And when you get in the line, you give the coupon and you don't pay anything. You know, liberating like that. And then she takes that or it's, you know, it's liberating like you're a dog in a shelter and you've been waiting for someone to adopt you. And on adoption day, all these families come and they're looking at dogs and they're like, oh, this this, this is the cutest one, but they're not pointing at you. They're pointing to your cellmate. But they leave, they, they leave the, the cage open and you escape liberating like that. <laughs> And so then we take, those, <laughs> we take those stories, little things that we've just kicked up, and then we use that to inform our scene.
0: After this quick break, Full Body Frequency returns with Tandaway Kone to talk about love relationships, divorce, ex-husbands, dating, and the comedy found therein. We'll be right back Full Body Frequency is back, and my guest this segment is Tandaway Kone. She is a member of the TA Improv Duo. She also performs as part of Can't Tell Us Nothing Improv, inspired mm-hmm. <laughs> inspired by Kanye West, which means that they have opinions and you're gonna hear them. Tandaway, you know, let's mm-hmm. gotta go back just for a minute. But in addition to being a rising star in Houston's improv scene, Mm -hmm. she is here as part of Full Body Frequency's ongoing series on dating and relationships. And as Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, you've been divorced for almost two years. Yes. Now, is there anything funny about the process of divorcing or divorce itself?
2: (laughs) It's all funny. And if you don't laugh, then (laughs) you will cry. I guess more tears than you're already crying because you're getting divorced. Mm. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Trying to think about what was funny about this one. Oh, you know, this our, our relationship <laughs> had been rocky for a while, and I think the divorce was just the the icing on the cake. I think the the humor probably came from the marriage itself. I mean, yeah, by the time we got to the divorce, that's like probably in the stage when the show's over and you're just sitting in the seat as the lights come up. <laughs> and you're like, that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> but the divorce, the marriage itself, we were so different, which led to so many humorous takes on things. Like, for example, my spouse had an issue with me giving the children vitamins. Really? Listen, what is hey, listen hey listen I, I don't know i don't even know how how that even came up see these are the things you need to talk about before you get married out there ladies and, and gentlemen if you need to find out what people's policy on vitamins and medications are, you don't think that's important but that can be a breaking point because his, his thought process was they don't need that they get it from the food they eat well he's not from this country by the way so his thought was well you guys over here y'all got weight problems they're huge people people aren't huge where i come from and maybe it's vitamins you you shouldn't give them things like that and i was like oh my goodness this is this is a bit much so that that was the thing so you know i it's not like i was not going to give my child vitamins per the pediatrician's recommendation so you know, I'm sneaking around like I'm dealing drugs. You know, he come and you know, high-five, little man. You know, I'm high-fiving with a little gummy vitamin between my fingers, passing it off to my kid because I still want him to have his nutrients but, and and vitamins, but I don't want to have an issue in the home. You know, things like that, you know, you, that's humor. That's, that's yeah. humor. Yeah. I
0: have been yeah. loving all day
2: being married to your husband, I swear. Oh, man. that oh, right boy. there. I remember once he asked me for a GPS. That's all he wanted for Christmas. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'd get you a GPS. I said, only if you use it to drive home. And I could just hear the GPS going, you have reached the Atlantic Ocean. Continue <laughs> driving.
0: <laughs>
2: you meant home as across the sea. Across the sea. That's what I'm talking about. Not to this house. Back where, where it all started for you. Listen, Ooh, that right there, I remember. I I started doing comedy. I actually started uh, doing stand-up initially before I got into improv. And one of the things I had to conclude about stand-up was that my children were so young, and I'd go around asking, "Hey, where can you do this in the daytime so I can be home by nine? Because I got little kids. Because stand-up, you know, you out late, you one, two in the morning when you first starting and you signing up on the open mics, so you're not gonna be first because you're new. So you gotta wait till everything is almost over and that's when you go up. After a couple of those sessions, I remember my spouse saying, "When is this this comedy stuff gonna end?" And my response was, "As soon as you are no longer the biggest joke in my life." Um, oh no! But that, oh, no. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's it. Except, I mean, you know what? I give him credit for being my muse. We we work well together. We co-parent. It, it's wonderful. It's it's. I, I will not say any anything bad about our co-parenting and and being able to manage our children. He's in their lives, and and that's that's what's important for them. He is my he is my my comedic muse, and I will thank him always for that. <laughs>
0: In terms of dating, since you're 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 again, I, we're gonna encourage you to date because you are divorced. So, yes, thanks. But you've
2: been reluctant to do so. Why why is that? How am I gonna do it? That that's I'm do you know why I am trying to talk to you now, trying to get a a, a space away from kids? Okay, you know, on Shawshank Redemption, when that man just tunneled a little hole, I have tunneled myself a little space on the wall. I wait till the kids go to sleep, and, <laughs> and I cover up my hole that I pick out nightly with their chore board because nobody want to do no chores. They don't look at it. I've, I, they're always around. That's the thing. The kids are always there, and I don't know how to manage them not being there and me doing that. How am I going to like put a, a profile pic on a dating site doing duck lips in the front And, uh, you know, uh, with a caption, you know, trying to meet my new daddy. And then you see my kids in the back, so I got to add, and theirs too. You know, come on. When am I going (laughs) to, when when is it going to happen? I really try to figure it out. But you know what, too, I think one of the things I'm getting a little serious, you got to do some self-assessment. You know, what you getting out there, what you trying to do. What is it about? I know dating is good. It's, it's recreational. Just get on out there. Meet. It's just meeting people and, and conversating and getting your tools back because you lose your tools when you don't use them. You
1: don't That's know true. how to flirt
2: good no more. You do you do that married flirt where you get to the edge, you're like, whoop, got to go. <laughs> you don't know how to finish it. You, <laughs> 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 you ain't never finished it because you've been married. <laughs> you're like, oh, no, 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 Not going there. Sorry, Mary. married. But now you're like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, this, this could really be, yeah, oh like, call you tomorrow. Oh, okay, I didn't even think about that part. So it's just getting there, that's all. I'm just slow about getting there. But I will, thank you for the encouragement. Well,
0: do you think, looking out in the audience, seeing what's out there, does that encourage you to go out there and date? Or does that discourage you from dating?
2: <laughs> it's, it's absolutely neutral when I get on stage I don't look out and think, Okay, yeah, there's somebody. He's taking notes. He's trying to like figure out my backstory by these these scenes I'm doing and the stuff I'm saying. All right, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna come up after and he's gonna say something. yeah I do not I d I don't I don't think that. I just you know, I appreciate the appreciation. I appreciate a lot oftentimes people say, Oh, I enjoy your work and I understand what they mean but you know, it's it's my joy, it's my pleasure. It's like you appreciated my fun. You appreciated me having a good time on stage in front of you sounds great to me. It neither encourages nor discourages. It's just sort of a neutral feeling. Just, yeah. yeah. I don't think about it.
0: If you had a do over and mm-hmm. you met the man who's your ex-husband today, yeah. would you or would you not date him?
2: When you have kids, you always have to say, I got to go for it. Cause you don't want to, I, I can't even imagine not having the kids I have now, which if you pose that question and say, if you didn't have kids, a mortgage and all the things you have right now, and you met that person, would you? And my response would be, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But. You know, nature plays that trick on us or else there'll be no people in the world. If we were all clear-minded and focused, and it wouldn't nobody have no kids? It wouldn't be, it'd be about 13 kids on the planet. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> when you see, like, oh, this person got some issues that are going to come up later and that I'm not going to love as much as I think I love right now, you just, you're not going to get that. So we have to, like, be duped into this. This is the greatest thing I've ever known. Uh, you know, you have to be kind of duped into that or us, the planet wouldn't, we wouldn't be populating the planet probably. <laughs> um, I'm
0: getting kind of scared by, by the language you're using is being duped <laughs> into love.
2: Well, you, you know those hormones dupe us. You know that's what's going on. You can't even sure. think straight sometimes when you see somebody and they grin at you and you grinning at them and that's all you're doing is just grinning at one another and, and they're saying all the right things, you're saying all the right things. You saying all the right things you, you can not and clearly, you know that, and 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 that's by and that's by that's, that nature does that. Because if we were just like real business about it, if we didn't have any of the the hormonal things, the attraction that you can't really put your finger on, you don't understand. If we didn't have those things, if it was business, again, there'd be 13 kids on the planet, and they'd be old by now. We'd probably just be getting about one more right about now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, describe your ideal mate. What?
3: Who
2: is your you, ideal mate? What? <laughs> Look, I'm, caught off guard. I'm try, You know what? You know what I think about? Like, I got to pay for college in three years. That's, that's number one on my mind. My ideal mate. I had not even thought about that again. I'm going to tell you what I I don't know. Laura Rice, you've given me something to think about. Okay, but here we go. I thought about okay. it. <laughs> he's, he's got to have a sense of humor. He has okay. got to have easy. a sense of that's,
0: humor.
2: That's easy. Okay. That's number one. Yes. You making Maybe. a list? You writing it? You writing yeah,
0: it?
3: Yeah, I'm writing it. I'm you
2: writing it down it for me? you. Send it to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sense of humor. It's got to be able to laugh. And then you got to be able to laugh at yourself because that's, you know, it's, it's it's different laughing at other things. But then do you laugh at yourself? Do you take yourself seriously 100% of the time? You know what? He'd have to be just like a, a good person. Not like a good man doing all the stuff that men do, and we say, "Oh, that's good. That's a good man." But just a good all-around person, a person who you know helps somebody who's in need, a person who is uh, you know wants to contribute more than take, uh, just a just a, a good human being. That's that's it. That's that's essential. Let's see, let's see. He, gotta like the movies. I okay. love the movies, and. Um, let me see, good person. I guess no vices other than macaroni and cheese, Cheetos. <laughs> Wait a minute. you? I should have known. I should have got divorced the first day I realized my spouse didn't like cheese. And, and I didn't want it cooked in the house. I mean, not for him.
0: Is he lactose intolerant?
2: No, just don't like cheese. So <laughs> I was... And so I was like, I, I don't know how to, how you make a casserole without cheese in it. Yeah, it was really weird. But anyhow, yeah, so some vices that, that could be cheese-related, can have those. Those are cool. Now, you know what, those are the things that, that come to mind right now. I hadn't even thought about my ideal person. Thank you for putting that on my list of things to do. Sure. Mm. Okay.
0: So let's I made a go list before a- and,
2: you know, and I kind of got it wrong. I, th- I think I'm going to do better this time when I make the list. Thank you.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, you're welcome. Well, we left out a few things. Let's talk about the physical.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what,
0: what is he? Okay. Like? I mean, what do you imagine? What do you have a vision for?
2: Let me tell you what. That's the problem. I should have more visions because <laughs> I'm just too like reality based. I'm like, I got a type, you know, after a certain age or a certain period of time on the planet, you see, like the general type that's attractive to you, and you're like, okay, that's my category right there. <laughs> it's like Alex, black man, dark skin, five ten to to six feet tall for two hundred. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's my category. I'm, I'm okay. gonna win that category. <laughs> and I'm assuming no, he has but,
0: his own teeth for the
2: most part. He has. He had what? Are we getting real? What you say? <laughs> we getting real. Did you say teeth? Teeth. Are you like, teeth that you bite with? Is that the word you're using? <laughs> yes, I'm using teeth but, that you bite with. Let's talk about that. Okay. okay. And we're so, going to go back to the list. Because so that's important okay, so, to me.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we do that, this <laughs> could also include deal breakers.
2: Deal breakers. Yeah, okay. If we're going to put teeth on the list, definitely. You, let's let's have some fronts. I can. You can be missing some sides if I don't see them when you smile. But oh, if you're smiling, I see him, and I see the hole, that's, you know, it makes me look down. It doesn't mean I'm not good. I I don't want – yes, I am. That's a deal breaker. Okay. I was just about to renege on that and try to weasel out. No, that's that's one. You just have some friends, 'cause because that's me. I, the rest – okay, everything could be shot down. I could be in a wheelchair and everything covered, but I would ask the doctor not to wrap my face around my mouth so you could see my teeth because I think that's my best feature. So I guess I'd be looking for that in a partner. Nice teeth, that's good. Deal breakers. When we see eye to eye, we should see eye to eye. Having a, a gaze that fixes on mine is is essential, as opposed to you know not being able to look straight or both of your eyes go straight. What else is another thing? Oh wow, I my. You know what? My deal breakers get into conversation. There's certain you know if you if you say Pacific, ah, we can't we can't have conversation. It's not going nowhere. You can't say Pacific for specific <laughs> <Versus> uh, <laughs> the ocean. You need
0: to go to the ocean with that
2: one, right? uh-huh. Hey, now let's go back to my ideal man, world traveler. You've been okay. outside of the United States. That's got to happen. If if not, we can't talk. So then, you know, on the other side, then you haven't been anywhere. You just been in this state, the state I live in, or whatever. I mean, you know, traveling throughout the United States is good, too, but I like, you know, outside of the United States, so you can get some different experience of the world. What else is a deal breaker or not? Oh, you got to have a car. I don't know how it works. Chicago, y'all, you know, y'all got, like, good mass transit. Other states have great mass transit. Texas doesn't you either have a car or you're riding the bus, and if you're riding the bus, if you got to be at work at 8, you got to be at the bus at 4. So, you know, that, <laughs> that kind of thing, that's a problem, because then that means that, I'm going to have to drive, and, I, and I'm not even getting into that. The whole concept nowadays, you got to meet me or beat me. Be where I am on your own without having, like, crawled up there and still depending on somebody else to hold it up. Be doing better than I'm doing. So that's it. financially, I say. That's my thing. Meet me or beat me.
0: Meet you or beat you. Okay. Yeah, meet me
2: or beat me. That's it. That's where we are. As the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked. I don't know if it says all of that. Sometimes I like to add a lot of old English words into Bible verses, but something like that about unequal yoking. No, none of that. That's it. You know what? Lately, and and when I thought about your your question about dating, I was like, well, I mean, if you call, like, waiting for the kids to go to bed and, and watching Luke Cage on Netflix a date, then I do that a lot or stopping, pausing the screen when Ralph Angel on Queen Sugar is just, like, staring out into the audience. If you call that a date, then I do that. So I got a lot of TV boyfriends. I got a lot. Yo, you know what? That's the problem. That that was another thought I had, Laura. That's the you problem, got,
3: anyway.
2: you, the That's problem. the problem You're, right there. That's the problem, and and, yeah. and and what happens is I got to get married again so that I can have, like, superstar, like, crush boyfriends, because when you're single and you're like, ooh, I got a crush on so-and-so, you kind of seem a little weird, because people know you ain't going to meet that person, you know, more than like, you ain't going to date them, but when you marry, you know, it's like, oh, that's like your man on the side that's acceptable, so now when I'm like, you know, I'm just in love request love, and people are like, that's a problem, you're grown, you're not going to meet him, you know, get real, but when I was married, it was cool. Quest Love was, you know, the other man. Yeah, you, you're right. That's the problem. I guess I need Thank to meet some, meet some real people.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to meet some real people. You got to meet some real people. <laughs> what has comedy taught you about human beings? And is there any of it that you learned that could be applied to dating? Hmm.
2: <sighs> comedy has taught me that human beings are infinitely more creative than we give ourselves credit for. We can invent and create and do all sorts of things when you're given some tools and when you break out of that that fear that kind of holds you back from giving your giving your all or doing something that you think is going to be stupid or not well received comedy has taught me that that we we are creative we just when we get rid of that fear and we just jump in Uh, and I think that would apply to dating as well getting rid of the fear okay why am I snuggling up to Luke Cage on TV because, all right, he's safe. You get back out there and you have to deal with some stuff, some pleasant things and some not so pleasant things. Do you want to do that? I don't know. I think that I have, you know what? Look at you. I learned something today. You turned this on me. I thought I was helping you. You helped me. <laughs> you <you're really laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. You know, I'm going to
0: help you a little bit more. Those of you who are interested in dating Tandaway the, her traits <laughs> for her ideal man and her deal breakers will be on the Full Body Frequency Facebook page okay okay Lord. okay that's, that, that's the first thing now the second thing is for those of you who are interested in getting to know Tandaway please follow her on Twitter at Kone Tandaway and that's K-O-N-E-T A-N-D-I-W-E And you can friend her at Tandaway Kone on Facebook. No stalkers need apply. (laughs) How's that? Thank you for the disclaimer. Love it.
2: Hey, there (laughs) we go.
0: So Tandaway Kone, thanks so much for joining Full
2: Body Frequency today. Laura Rice, what a pleasure. Again, you have made me look at myself today, and I thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. You made me look at myself as well. Okay. (laughs)
0: Just a quick update on Tandue Kone, she recently went out on her first date since her divorce two years ago. Well, this is exciting stuff, and we can't wait to hear all about it in an upcoming episode of Full Body Frequency. In the meantime, let's take a pause for the cause. Full Body Frequency will be right back with Shannon Swingin' Jones of Fabu Plus Magazine. Adopt U.S. Kids presents multiple choice parenting.
1: You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual?
0: Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within oh
1: b find the positives less time blow drying more time texting or c show empathy mom you really don't have twinsies i kind of love it you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same for more information on adoption visit adoptuskids.org. a message from the u.s department of health and human services adopt u.s kids and the ad council
0: this is laura rice and you're listening to full body frequency so, it's a new year, and we're all full of promises to be new, better versions of ourselves. And as great as our intentions are, sometimes we fall a little short of glory. Well, for those of you looking for that kick of encouragement, that shot of inspiration, that bit of adrenaline as you run the race, look no more. Fabu Plus is here. Plus Magazine founder Shannon Swingin-Jones' original mission was to find others who were like her. Beautiful, funny, fit, healthy, plus-size women. And after just a couple hours on the internet, she found them. Right then, she knew we needed a media platform that was specifically designed for this curvy community a place where we can be accepted for who we are, a place that wouldn't try and change who we are, but one that would celebrate who we are in this moment. And Plus was born. Shannon Swinin Jones, welcome to Full Body Frequency, and congratulations on your recent media industry news or a MIM award for one of the hottest launches of 2016.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And the award was very not expected and a
0: wonderful surprise. So thank you. Well deserved. Well deserved. And for those of you who haven't purchased an issue of Fabu Plus yet, shame on you. Shannon, let's just jump in real quick because there's so much to discuss and so much to unpack. I mean, we could spend the entire segment on just one of the issues alone, but you've published three issues so far, and each of the three issues features a plus-size, body-positive, and fat-acceptance icon. So your first cover featured dancer and television personality Whitney Way Thor of My Big Fabulous Life. The second issue was Yogi Jessamine Stanley, who is actually featured in Lane Bryant's recent Livvy campaign. And your most recent issue features Broadway actress and singer Frenchie Davis. What was the decision around including them <laughs> on Fabu plus covers?
3: Well, you know, when we first launched Fabi Plus and the decision to have Whitney Waythor on the cover was really about launching what our vision and mission was for the magazine and, you know, looking for potential cover opportunities. We looked at models. We looked at actresses. And and I thought, you know what? Whitney, um, her message to her viewers really resonated with me. And it's very similar to the same message that Fabu Plus magazine has, where it's all about no body shame, all bodies are good bodies. And I thought, what a better person to help me launch the magazine than someone who shares that same vision and mission.
0: And what about Jessamine?
3: So when we were looking at our fall issue, we wanted to focus on yoga. And we had lots of different contributors. And I just, you know, Jessamine was just on the rise. She had uh, posted several Instagram posts and she was starting to grow a lot. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if she'd be interested in being our plus size role model for yogis. I think it's very important for plus-size women to have visuals and to actually see other women with body sizes the same as them that are featured doing actual fitness. So, I reached out to Jessamine and again her mission for what she's doing and how she got started and doing exercise and fitness in a plus-size body really resonated with the same mission and mission and vision of Fabu Plus. So, she totally agreed and and that was history in the making.
0: Like Whitney, Jessamine, and Frenchie, you're an athlete. And while you ran about 23 kilometers or a little over 14 miles per week for nearly two years, you questioned why you were still fat. And then you had a proverbial aha moment as you moved forward to have weight loss surgery. Tell us about that.
3: Well, basically, you know, being a person who's very physically fit and active and I eat to nourish my body for sport, I've been on a diet my whole life and I couldn't figure out why is it that I'm still this plus size and I'm this active. I just, I couldn't do the math. Everything society told me to do, I was doing, I ate healthy, I exercised. Why was I still in this body? I couldn't figure that out. And it wasn't until I went to my doctor and I had all my tests done and I realized that, well, I am healthy and this is just the size my body wants to be. I'm five foot three, 235 pounds. It's like, I'm never going to be a size eight this is just the comfort zone that my body has for functioning so once i realized that and sort of hit that aha moment i thought now that i know that this is just the way my body is and this is the healthy size and weight for my body i can stop focusing on trying to be something i'm not trying to lose weight trying to get in to be that size eight or that size five or even that size ten because i'm not and once that once i stopped focusing on that I just couldn't believe the sense of freedom I had in my life. I stopped weighing myself. I stopped thinking, oh, well, you know, I can't eat this because I'm going to have this later. Like I just, I stopped all the diet thoughts and all the weight loss thoughts and everything that consumes so much time in my brain. Mm
1: -hmm. And it was
3: like this enormous weight was lifted off of my shoulders. I can't even describe for you how amazing it felt. I, I then started exercising because I loved it not because oh I'm going to a birthday party this weekend and I really know I'm going to eat cake so I have to exercise it was more like no I want to try this new exercise and I want to maybe try a little bit of CrossFit this year and I think this would be fun and I think it would be neat the motivation behind why I was moving my body had completely changed and it took me to whole new levels with my fitness just because it became more fun and it wasn't a punishment
0: my guest this segment is Shannon Swinion Jones the founder and publisher of Fabu Plus the leading magazine that celebrates health fitness and lifestyle for the curvy community now as a result of your learning that you were fit despite being fat you birthed Fabu Plus which serves fat plus size curvy women to lead their best lives through a lifestyle which celebrates again health and fitness Really, it's a glossy print and online embodiment of the health at every size philosophy. And as great as that is, the magazine industry really isn't for the faint of heart. We've had Bell, we've had Mode, we've had BBW Magazine, we've had Radiance, and a host of other plus size publications that have shuttered. So, what will make Fabu Plus a survivor?
3: I think the difference between Fabu Plus and the magazines that have come before is. Uh, Some magazines have had a primary focus on just fashion only,
1: and Mm -hmm. some have
3: had a primary focus on just fitness only. Um, I think what is going to set Plus Magazine apart is, in addition to the fitness and in addition to the fashion, there's also the health component, the recipe component, but the major component that sets us apart is all about our curves you know at least 25% of my magazine is all about learning to embrace yourself in the body that you have learning to change the conversations in your mind about how you talk to yourself about your body all of those wonderful confidence building type of articles and editorial is what is in fabu plus magazine that sets the other magazines apart you know we share about you know how to engage In learning, in looking in the mirror more, how to have a positive experience when you go to the dressing room when you're plus size, how to overcome getting on the airplane when you're plus size and just building confidence in women so that they can stand tall and feel good about themselves in the body that they have.
0: So I know you've got about seven to eight regular sections that make up your editorial content. You just mentioned curves, but you've also mentioned fashion. You've got a fitness section, lifestyle, which could be anything from makeup to relationships. You've got health, which includes the body and the mind. And you've got a marketplace, which features plus size entrepreneurs and businesses that cater to plus size and curvy women, which is incredibly helpful. You've got an art spotlight and you've got reviews. Now, you've got a section that I found really intriguing because it's a lot less obvious. You've got a nonprofit spotlight, and because you're certainly a women's lifestyle magazine and there's a focus on body positivity, that wasn't something I expected. Why include nonprofits? It's really fresh, and it's unexpected. Is, Is that why? No, you know what? Fabi Plus Magazine, when I was first putting it together, I thought my whole
3: vision was I wanted to be able to give back in some manner. Being a new magazine, I haven't found a non-for-profit or a place that I can donate some of my charities to, and I thought, well, how can I give back to the community? How can I give back to the community that serves women, not necessarily just plus size, but that you know just serves people, women in general, and I thought, what if we did a not-for-profit feature. I know that there are lots of not-for-profit organizations out there that could really use the support, use the awareness, and use, use the plug for what they're doing. And I also think it, it brings awareness to my readers about the good work that's happening in their local communities and that's happening in the world. It just brings that sense of humanitarianism into the magazine. And so I thought it was really important to highlight that.
0: Well, again, I love it. It's fresh, it's unexpected, and it's so great for information. Thank you. Thank you. Shannon, why not just an online publication? I mean, you're paper printing. So what was the decision behind that?
3: When I first made the decision to publish Fabi Plus magazine, I did a survey with about 2,500 women and I asked them, what would they prefer? And overwhelmingly, I think it was like 97% of the women said they wanted to see it in print. And when I asked them why, because print is, is not cheap. It's very expensive to publish and distribute a magazine when you look at your printing costs and mm-hmm. your postage costs. So right. I really wanted to make sure that, you know, if you say, yes, you want to print, I need to know why. And are you actually going to buy it? or you just like the idea of it or sort of how is that going to work? overwhelmingly, how they expressed it to me was, I'll quote one woman pretty specifically. She said, can you just imagine how powerful it would be for me to be a 50-something woman who's never seen a body that looks like me actually in a print magazine? She said, I would be able to hold it. I'd be able, it would be something tangible that would make their heart sore is basically how she put it. Between her and the other comments, they were just like, I want this, I want to hold it, I want to share it with my friends, because it's never existed before in this type of arena. They were just super excited about it and wanted to have it in print, so that's why I made the decision to go print.
0: You're listening to Full Body Frequency. This is Laura Rice. My guest this segment is Shannon Swinyon Jones, the founder and publisher of Fabu Plus magazine, the leading publication that celebrates health, fitness, and lifestyle for the curvy community. When we come back from this quick break, we'll talk a little bit more about Shannon's groundbreaking magazine, and we'll also talk about the publication's bright future. Full Body Frequency, we'll be right back.
1: Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org.
0: Full Body Frequency is back, and if you've just tuned in, you can listen to this episode in its entirety by going to iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Also, feel free to send us some listener love at FullBodyFrequency at gmail.com. Shannon, I liken Fabu Plus magazine to the long published women's wellness magazine, Self, but with more representation, obviously, of plus size and curvy women. In February of this year, the paper publishing arm of Self magazine will be no more. As a matter of fact, Jim Norton, chief business officer and president of revenue for Condé Nast, Self's publishing parent company, and I quote says... By many estimates, the health and wellness industry has surpassed pharmaceuticals in overall dollars spent and at $3.4 trillion annually has become a leading growth category for both audiences and advertisers alike, unquote. That and with some readers turning to online subscriptions and demanding constant content, will Fabu Plus ramp up from its current schedule of quarterly publishing to monthly publishing with an accompanying increase of online content?
3: Well, I can definitely tell you that we're ramping up our online content. Our strategy to date has been to not offer our readers any content online that they can find in the magazine. That's one of the challenges that some of the other magazines have is, If you want to do an ab exercise, you can find ab exercises everywhere online, but you can't see a plus-size person doing ab exercises. So all the content that you find in Fabi Plus magazine, when that magazine is on the newsstand shelves for three months, you cannot get any of that content online. So that encourages people to download the digital issue and it encourages them to buy the print issue. After that magazine is off the newsstand shelf, so once it comes off, then we slowly start to release some of the articles that were in that magazine when it's no longer available to the public but that's sort of been our strategy to date. So we definitely will be beefing up our online content. As for publishing monthly, that's a pretty big leap going from quarterly. At this point, I am the solopreneur for this Mm -hmm. company. So Mm -hmm. moving from four times a year to every month would be the death of me i think it would just be a lot of work (laughs) i am interested in increasing my publications to six times a year and i think that's something that we're looking to happen maybe in 2018 or 2019
0: clearly both the print and online editions of fabu plus are major undertakings as you just explained both in terms of financial and human capital how much of your content is developed in-house and how much of it is contributed
3: we do a mixture here at Fabio Plus. So typically how it's been is my first and second issue, I did all of the content myself. So I would interview everyone, write the editorial from there. And then once I've conducted the interview and I've actually had an opportunity to chat with the people that I'm featuring and find out what their philosophies were then I tend to open up the door to editorial contributions so an example is Whitney so I interviewed Whitney we featured her in the first issue. After we had our conversation and, and we, we had some time to talk, I'm like, oh yeah, she would really be a good fit. So then I reached out to her and I said, hey, would you be interested in doing a regular no body shame column in our magazine? And of course she loved the idea, agreed, and so now she's a regular contributor. So it's kind of evolving organically in that manner. I receive hundreds and hundreds of emails and editorial pitches on a daily basis And we are really sensitive to the needs of our reader, and so I'm very particular in what we're putting in as by by way of content in the magazine. We want to make sure that it maintains a weight neutral. By
0: that meaning, we don't promote weight loss and we don't promote weight gain. You are just about at the one-year anniversary mark. And you just talked about your contributors. To what extent has your broad base of contributors, again, some well-known like Whitney Way Thor, and some not so well-known, how have they aided in Fabu Plus's securing of distribution around the globe in, in such a very short time?
3: Well, I probably have to say it is people telling their stories, talking about their journey to learning to love and accept themselves. Is the content that my readers are very attracted to. That's the number one thing. I mean, when you, when a, a reader that's not well known comes up to me and says, you know what, I've just had the, this experience on the bus, or I've done had this experience, and you know, here's what I've learned from it, and they want to share that with my readers. Those are the the stories that really resonate with them because they can look, read it and they say, oh my gosh, this exact same thing has happened to me. I'm not alone. This is a community and this is a space where I feel safe and comfortable because other people have the same things that I have in my plus size body. So I think that is forming a huge bond with my readers, whereby they're having an emotional connection to my magazine that I was not expecting when I first began publishing. My readers are very emotionally connected to the articles because, They've lived it. They've done it. Mm -hmm. They've had the same Mm -hmm. experiences in their bodies. And to hear how someone came out on the other side more positively and ended up turning those situations around to have gratitude and more love and acceptance for their body is something that they're really, really digging. They They just really are enjoying that. And they see that there's hope for themselves when they look in the mirror and they don't like how they look there's hope for them to start changing the conversation with how they talk to
0: themselves about their bodies. The magazine is so inspirational and the online content as well. You're listening to Full Body Frequency and I'm Laura Rice. My guest this segment is Shannon Swingen-Jones, founder, publisher, and editor-in-chief of Plus Magazine, which I mentioned earlier is coming up on its one-year anniversary and what a year it's been. So spring will be here soon. What can we look forward to in your spring 2017 issue?
3: Well, we have a lot of exciting things that are in our spring 2017 issue without giving it all away (laughs) (laughs) because we want people to be able to pick it up. But our spring issue is all about new beginnings. It's breaking free from the negative body image into a newfound sense of freedom that comes with loving and appreciating your body. Our spring issue, we share tips for breaking through those bad body days and triumphantly entering into a new relationship with your body that is filled with gratitude. So our spring issue is jam-packed with that. Our cover, we are very, very excited to have the opportunity. We went to San Diego, and we had the opportunity to interview with Ashley Nell Tipton, who is the winner of Project Runway. And we're going to be featuring her line through JCPenney, her spring line, as well as um, she's going to be gracing the cover of our issues. So that's very exciting.
0: So Shannon, before we go, what do you tell women who look at you, who look at the women in the magazine and say, I don't know where to begin the journey to self-love and body acceptance?
3: Well, I guess the first, would be to pick up the magazine because (laughs) there's lots of tips and just little things in there that in every issue we have that can start people on their journey that's the most important thing i think even just the visuals in the magazine of seeing plus size women who are living their best life now in fashion they're traveling they're working out they're in relationships they're, you know, they're doing everything that a regular straight-sized woman does. And for some reason, plus size women think that they can't have those lives because of their bodies, and it's so not true. So I just have to say I think the magazine itself not only will get you on the beginning of your journey, but it will see you through to the point where you can come out on the end after you read through all four issues and really feel empowered about who you are feel good about who you are and taking more control of yourself your body and your life so that you can live your best life now
0: where can people pick up fabu plus magazine
3: well fabu plus magazine is distributed all across north america at barnes and noble and book civilian in the united states and in canada it's in walmart canada shoppers drug mart and Sobeys. They can also subscribe to have it delivered directly to their door from our website at www.fabuplusmagazine.com.
0: Shannon Swing and Jones, thank you so much for joining Full Body Frequency today. Thank you
3: for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Wonderful. For more information on FabUplus Plus Magazine or to subscribe, even better, visit fabuplusmagazine.com. If you're interested in receiving a free copy of Fabu Plus's Spring 2017 issue, be one of the first five, one, two, three, four, five listeners to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And by us, I mean Fabu Plus and Full Body Frequency. It's really that easy. Just search Fabu Plus Magazine and Full Body Frequency on Facebook and Instagram and like and follow us. Good luck, and keep reading and listening. Stay tuned. Full Body Frequency will be right back with this week's Plus One.
1: If you're a single man under the age of 35, you'd probably like to know what the ladies are looking for on an online dating site. A guy who had a few drinks and later got pulled over for buzz driving. See, that could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. And doesn't a guy who's back living with his parents but calls them my roommates just scream Mr. Right? Buzzed, busted, and broke, because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: As we wrap up this week's show, our plus one comes from Alice in Wonderland author, Lewis Carroll. Begin at the beginning, the king said very gravely, and go on till you come to the end, then stop. Until next time, tune into your own Full Body Frequency, where large is luscious living.